0: Welcome to Current Radio's politics station. Please enjoy today's selection of political news. Moving on to a rather delicate international issue, the Israel-Hamas truce and the role of the Biden administration. Abby, what are your thoughts on this?
1: Well, Michael, the situation is precarious at best. The 48-hour extension to the truce, while a positive sign, isn't exactly a solution to the underlying problems.
0: Right. And one of the most pressing concerns is the whereabouts of the American citizens. Despite the hopes of seeing at least three U.S. citizens released during the initial truce, only a four-year-old American-Israeli girl was,
1: Abigail Eden, yes, it's deeply saddening. And while Israel seems open to another extension, they're also warning of a more intense offensive against Hamas if things don't improve.
0: And that's a cause for concern. More intense offensives could lead to more civilian casualties just like we saw earlier in the war.
1: Absolutely. And let's not forget the domestic political implications for Biden. The divisions in his Democratic Party are deepening, and any relief he might enjoy during the pause could be short-lived once the airstrikes begin again.
0: And then there's the issue of the $14 billion aid package for Israel. It's caught up in controversies over Ukraine aid and U.S. southern border security.
1: Yes. It's clear that domestic politics are hampering Washington's ability to act abroad. And while the administration's stern warnings have so far contained the conflict, fears of regional escalation are far from over.
0: Speaking of escalation, two ballistic missiles were fired towards a U.S. warship from Houthi rebel-controlled Yemen. That's a clear indication of the dangers U.S. personnel face.
1: Indeed, Michael. And while the focus is on the Israel-Hamas conflict, it's crucial not to overlook the broader implications.
0: Agreed. As for the missing Americans, it's still uncertain how many are being held in Gaza. The number is believed to be less than 10, but the lack of solid information is troubling.
1: Yes, and it's not just Hamas that's believed to be holding hostages. Other Palestinian militant groups, including Islamic Jihad, are also suspected.
0: The situation is complex and fraught with uncertainty. It's a difficult time for the families of the hostages who can only hope for the best.
1: And it's also a difficult time for the Biden administration. The pressure to act is mounting, especially with the return of lawmakers to Washington.
0: Yes, and as the truce remains temporary, the potential for more conflict looms. The Biden administration has to tread carefully balancing international diplomacy with domestic pressures.
1: It's a precarious situation, Michael. We can only hope for a peaceful resolution and the safe return of the hostages.
0: From the complexities of international politics, we now turn our attention to a significant development in Australian politics. A prominent figure, known for his efforts towards reconciliation, has decided to step back. Let's delve into this story. Big news from the land down under, Abby. Indigenous Senator Pat Dodson, often referred to as the father of reconciliation, is retiring from politics.
1: Yes, Michael. Dodson's decision comes after undergoing treatment for cancer. He's decided to focus on his health and recovery.
0: His departure is indeed a significant loss for Australian politics. Dodson's work towards reconciliation has been remarkable. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese described him as a great Yawuru man and an excellent human being.
1: Albanese's tribute to Dodson was indeed touching. He said, You would gladly follow him into battle, yet he's made it his life's work to make peace. That speaks volumes about Dodson's character and...
0: His commitment to reconciliation, yes. Albanese shared a poignant memory of Dodson's childhood, where he had to hide in long grass while the police and welfare officers took his friend away.
1: Despite such a traumatic experience, Dodson grew into a figure of grace dignity and inspiration he's provided many people with the gift of greater perspective it's a testament to his resilience and dedication
0: and it's not just albanese who's singing dodson's praises liberal mp julian Leiser also commended him for his work towards reconciliation
1: Leiser said dodson gave him a richer and deeper appreciation of australia's first peoples their frustrations struggles and pains as well as their hopes for the future
0: Leeser also expressed his hope for Dodson's health and a fulfilling retirement. It's clear Dodson's impact will continue to resonate in the halls of Australian politics.
1: Indeed, Michael, his legacy will live on through the changes he spurred and the people he's inspired. We wish him all the best in his health and future endeavors.
0: As we appreciate the contributions of individuals like Senator Dodson in the political arena, let's shift our gaze to another part of the world, where political maneuverings are making headlines. In the United States, the state of Georgia is undergoing a significant political transformation. Let's delve into the details. Well, Abby, it seems like the political landscape in Georgia is heating up, doesn't it?
1: You're not wrong, Michael. After a court ruling that the state's GOP-drawn boundary lines violated the Voting Rights Act, Georgia Senate Republicans have released a revised redistricting map. This map is designed to increase the concentration of Black voters in several legislative districts.
0: And state send number, Shelley Eccles, a Gainesville Republican, announced this draft while inviting the public to contribute to the redistricting process. It's a response to U.S. District Court Judge Steve C. Jones's ruling that the state's boundary lines diluted the voting strength of Black Georgians. This ruling means that the state can't use these maps in next year's election.
1: Right. And the deadline for the House and Senate to draw new maps is December 8th. These new maps need to create two new majority black state Senate districts and five new majority black state House districts. It's a significant shift.
0: Indeed, Abby. But there's more to it. The court order mandates that Georgia must adopt new maps creating a majority black congressional district in West Metro Atlanta, along with four new majority black House and Senate districts in South Metro Atlanta, two new majority Black districts around Macon-Bibb County and another majority Black House district in West Metro Atlanta.
1: The proposed maps suggest that Senate Republicans are aiming to redraw districts to eliminate the Metro Atlanta turf of Democratic Sens, Alina Parent and Jason Estavis. The new districts would have a significant Black population. However, if the Republican map presented on Monday remains intact, it appears to safeguard the district lines for Democratic Senator Valencia C. of Riverdale and Senator Marty Harbin, a Republican whose district runs through the more rural counties of Pike, Spaulding, Fayette, and Lamar. That's
0: a lot to digest. But let's not forget that the Democrats will have the opportunity to contest these maps before Judge Jones, who must approve the redrawn districts prior to the 2024 election. Currently, There's a 33 to 23 Republican advantage in the state Senate, while Republicans control nine of the 14 congressional seats in the state.
1: And Charles Bullock, a political scientist at the University of Georgia, has noted that the proposed Senate map appears to meet the terms set by the federal court for South Metro Atlanta. However, he also said that redrawn maps are often created with the intent of weakening the re-election bids of strong political opposition. Sometimes this means making tough decisions between members of the same party who have strong leadership potential.
0: And it's not just Georgia that's attracting attention. Alicia Hughes, a visiting assistant professor at the Emory University School of Law, mentioned that GOP legislators in Alabama have largely ignored court orders to draw a new congressional district with a majority black population. This could lead to some interesting developments.
1: Absolutely, Michael. Hughes also said that it's typical for the political party in charge to draw district maps that are advantageous to them. However, it becomes a problem when those boundaries violate voting law to protect the rights of minority voters. The redistricting process in Georgia is definitely one to watch.
0: From the shifting political landscape of Georgia, we now turn to a long-standing international dispute that's been heating up. This one involves ancient artifacts and two nations who can't seem to agree on their rightful home. Stay tuned as we dive into the latest developments between the U.K. and Greece over the contentious Elgin marbles. So Abby, it looks like the U.K. and Greece are at loggerheads again over the Elgin marbles.
1: Ah, the Parthenon sculptures. A row that's been going on for decades, hasn't it?
0: Indeed, Abby. And it seems to have derailed a meeting between British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak and his Greek counterpart Kyriakos Mitsotakis. Mitsotakis planned to discuss the status of the marbles, but Sunak canceled the meeting at the last minute.
1: Mitsotakis certainly didn't mince words. He expressed displeasure at the cancellation and accused Sunak of sidestepping the issue.
0: And he declined a UK offer to meet Deputy Prime Minister Oliver Dowden instead. Now that's a snub.
1: The Downing Street spokesperson tried to smooth things over, emphasizing the hugely important UK-Greece relationship. But they didn't reference the marbles issue at all.
0: It's a touchy subject. The sculptures were taken from the Parthenon Temple by British diplomat Lord Elgin in the early 19th century. Greece asserts they were stolen, but Britain
1: denies it. Mitsotakis made a compelling analogy in a BBC interview lightening the collection at the British Museum to the Mona Lisa being cut in half. That apparently upset Sunak.
0: And yet, the UK government has always ruled out giving up ownership of the marbles. Although, Athens has been pushing for a loan arrangement to return the sculptures.
1: It's interesting that British opposition leader Keir Starmer is open to a mutually acceptable loan deal. He and Mitsotakis did meet as planned.
0: But Sunak's spokesperson stated they have no plans to change our approach and believe the British Museum is the right place for the marbles. It's quite a stalemate.
1: It's a fascinating debate, Michael. The question of cultural heritage, ownership, and historical wrongs. It's about more than just a set of 2,500-year-old Greek sculptures.
0: Absolutely, Abby. And it's a debate that doesn't seem to be ending anytime soon.